This is the Joe and Amber podcast. The countdown is on. The countdown to me having to make a decision between Joe's Eagles or James's Chiefs. Also, the countdown, of course, to the Super Bowl. It is, in fact, Super Bowl week, and there's a lot of attention this week on the quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles because it's been quite the journey so far for Jalen Hurts. We could, by the way, go all the way back to college for that statement to be true, but I'm just talking about his NFL journey so far because we're talking about a quarterback, Joe, who last year people really didn't know if Jalen Hurts was at all the future for this Philadelphia team. He said this week, they probably didn't want me here when I got drafted, and that's probably true in that market. There was probably a lot of people in Philly that weren't that stoked about it. I don't know, though, if even his biggest supporters could have seen 16 and one an MVP caliber season and a trip to the Super Bowl which is where we're at with him and so now the question is is he gonna get paid because that's what the Eagles are gonna have to deal with this offseason I mean they don't have to right he's still got time left on his rookie deal but this is what happens when somebody's good so let me play you this bite from the Eagles owner Jeffrey Lurie on Jalen Hurts I don't think he has anything to prove. He's an MVP caliber quarterback. He's an incredible leader of the team. And, um, you know, on the field, off the field, he's 24 years old, uh, incredibly mature, and most importantly, driven to be even better. But the obvious follow-up question is, when do you start dialogue with Nicole Lynn, his agent, about a long-term extension? Certainly not this week. <laughs> We're all focused on That's being, fair. being our best uh, ne- you know, for next Sunday. It sounds by, about your answer that it will happen at some point. Uh, you know, he's, he's just what we're looking for. He's just what they're looking for. He certainly has proved himself already, no matter what happens in this game on Sunday. Joe, let's be real. And he's going to expect to get paid because of it already, right now. Yeah, cha-ching, that's what the agent's thinking after hearing Jeffrey Lurie's comments. And remember, Hertz is not in the same situation as a lot of other quarterbacks. Was not a first-rounder, was a second-rounder, which means he's only on a four-year deal, and there's no fifth-year option like with the first-rounders. So this is the completion of his third year. He is eligible for extension on the first day of the league year, which I believe comes up uh, March 1st, March 3rd, somewhere in that neighborhood, which is when the Eagles can begin to negotiate with him. The two best things that ever happened to Jalen Hurts A.J. Brown and Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz was such an unbelievable disaster at the end of his time in Philadelphia that the Eagles realized how valuable leadership truly was, how valuable locker room chemistry truly was, because Hertz is the opposite of Wentz. Wentz, by all accounts, was a problem inside that locker room, then was a problem in Indianapolis, and now is a problem in Washington. It's not a surprise he's on his third team, and that third team's looking to move on from him. In Philadelphia, Hertz has come in. He's known as a smart guy, a stoic guy, a hard worker, a leader, someone who's selfless and puts the team above him. And oh, by the way, he happens to produce at a very high level. And person number two, A.J. Brown. Brown coming in cleaned up the one deficit that Hertz had in his game. He was unable to repeatedly, consistently, and successfully throw the ball over the middle of the field, which is why the Eagles went out and got one of the premier receivers who can go over the middle of the field and make plays. Those two got on the same page. Hertz took the next step in his evolution, and boom, here we are on the cusp of a Super Bowl and on the cusp of a monster contract, Amber. 
this weird thing with me has happened with Jalen Hurts because I was a huge fan of Jalen Hurts coming out of college. I just thought the adversity he faced in college and then to be able to leave and go get it done at another university and show his worth when he'd taken a backseat to Tua at Alabama. Like it just the things that he went through in college. I found myself rooting for Jalen Hurts, even though I didn't care. I didn't have a dog in the fight. I didn't have any reason to root for Jalen Hurts. I just thought he was likable and he had a likable story coming out of college. And so his first year, I was a defender of Jalen Hurts. A lot of people I felt like were hypercritical, frankly, of Jalen Hurts. Does he have the arm? Remember that whole conversation? Does he was he doing it with those legs. Does he have the accuracy? That was another big one. And we were having that whole conversation his first season. And now things have turned around so dramatically that now I find myself almost on the other side, where sometimes I catch myself, I feel like I'm like a, uh, like sounding a bit like a Jalen Hurts hater. And it's not that. It's that I just feel like the pendulum has swung so far over the other way that people want to put him in the conversation with Patrick Mahomes. And I don't feel like he's there yet. It's not that I don't necessarily think he could be again, as somebody who was a Jalen hurts fan, but I just, this idea that he's already gotten there is too far from, that's a step too far. Like let's let him win this Super Bowl, And then we can talk about where he's, if he's in that conference championship year after year after year, fine. Then we can have that conversation so far. So good though, in terms of the trajectory of his career. And he is absolutely going to ask for that extension. The second, the new league year starts and he's going to get it. That's just the reality of the situation that Philadelphia is about to find itself in. I mean, comparing him to Mahomes, like you said, that's the natural evolution of what happens in sports talk radio. But we're smarter than that. We're more controlled than that. Of course, we don't need naturally. to do that on this show. This is a really smart, nuanced program. Better than all the other programs. Duh. The best of the programs. <laughs> Listen to our show. Don't want to get in trouble with that impersonation, which is a bad impersonation regardless. But here's where we're at. Hertz is the guy you want your child to grow up to be. If you have a kid who's in athletics. All right. He talks whoa, about whoa, that. Instance. Whoa. See, now you're doing it. What do you mean? I don't know. Jalen Hurts. Do I want Cullen to grow up to be Jalen Hurts? Maybe. But is well, he, I mean, he's he seen nice as an all around good guy. Guys who have been coaches of him have said the best compliment they can give him is that's the type of guy you want to marry your daughter. And I think that's what you'd be looking for in a, in a character of an individual. I'm not looking at Jalen Hurts and trying to say, can he win me five Super Bowls in the next six years? Because if he can, he's not Tom Brady and he's not going to be the greatest of all time. Is he a good dude? Does he lead the team? Does he work hard? Can you trust him? Can you bank on him? And yes, the answer is yes. This is a guy that was benched at halftime of the national championship game against Georgia in front of the entire world, only for the backup to come in, lead the team back and win the game. Clearly elevating the point that you were the problem. And instead of what a lot of guys do now, which is turtle up, he was going to stay at Alabama. But he realized if he wanted to play, he had to go somewhere else. Mm -hmm. A lot of guys now are going to run at the first sign of adversity. They'll sign a deal. They'll go to a team. Right away, they realize they might not get the job, and they're gone. And then they transfer again and again and again. Hertz went somewhere just because he wanted to play because he knew he had no future at Alabama. He had gone as far as he could. He supported everybody. If you talk to him about that game, he always says the same thing. He knew at the time it was a learning experience. That is wise beyond your years. That's the type of guy you want leading your team. Is he the greatest quarterback of all time? No. And if we're going to have that debate, it's a different story. But if he's going to be the face of your franchise, he checks all the boxes. You have him being the greatest husband of all time. I don't have a daughter, but if I did, you do. 
It, or no, you don't. Just kidding. I do not. Boys. And you know what? Will you James please does, take an interest at some point and I get do, the facts straight about me? I have two boys. I, I apologize. <laughs> I'm, I'm, yes, I, my head is, is with James, who, by the way, is not here tonight because one of his daughters is so awesome that she's being celebrated. She's out there winning awards. So congratulations yes. to James Steele's daughter. But I don't have a daughter. If I did, I don't know a professional athletes the way I'd want her to go. I'm just saying. What's the direction you'd like to go then? Well, I don't know. Just a professional athlete. It just seems like uh, I'm sure would you, very Would you like lawyer life. like your profession? That's a real stand-up uh, profession from what I understand. Uh, I'm a lawyer. You don't trust me. Uh, negativo. Uh, yeah. Coming up next here on Joe and Amber. <laughs> LeBron is on the verge of rewriting history. I would want her, you know what? I would want my daughter to do what she wants to do. I would just hope she makes a good decision. There you go. That's the right answer. Very nice. Will this LeBron accomplishment change the way that you view him among the game's greatest? This is Joe and Amber, Amber ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. LeBron James is just 36 points away from breaking a record that has stood since 1984, a record older than LeBron James. We're going to get to that in just moments. This is Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio. All you ever have to do is tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. It is that simple, guys. Also, tune in tonight. NBA action as the Lakers host the Thunder. Maybe maybe he'll do it. Maybe we'll get it done in this game. Presented by Indeed. Coverage begins right after Joe and I hop off air at 9.30 p.m. Eastern on select ESPN radio stations. Before we get into the LeBron James conversation, let's try to earn you a little money, though. Pizza money number one. You know the deal. A small bet. Joe brings the advice. You're not going to bet the house, but you're going to bet a little pizza money. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. Get a load of this segment. Three and one last night, but one of the winners was a 12 to one moonshot on Dwight Powell to record a double double, which he did. So over the last five shows, we're 12 and four plus 17.9 units. 
We're cooking. So let's keep it moving. 7.30 p.m. Eastern tonight to the association we go. We're laying the one and a half with the Pelicans over the Hawks. Brandon Ingram is back and playing big minutes for New Orleans. Jonas Valanciunas is expected to play tonight. Now is the time to buy on New Orleans after they had that 10-game losing streak. They've won two in a row, and they're starting to get it back on track. Meanwhile, look at the situation for Atlanta. It's their final game of a five-game road trip. Five cities in nine nights. I bet they just want to get home and sleep in their own bed. New Orleans, minus one and a half over Atlanta. Pizza money number one. LeBron is now second all-time. LeBron James' first shot is good. I've just gotten better with every facet of my game. Looks to pass. Gets it to James. Here's a three for the win. Good! It is good! It's never been a, a goal of mine. So LeBron James is just 36 points of shy of passing Kareem on that all-time score list at 38,387 points in his career. The record set April 1984. That was eight months before LeBron James was even born. So this record has quite literally stood for LeBron's entire life, Joe. And I don't think once LeBron does it, we're going to see it broken anytime soon. What does this record mean? Not, not to him, not his place in history. We'll get into all that. That's what everyone's talking about. We know what the home run record means in baseball. We know what maybe the rushing yardage record means in the NFL. Like that used to be so prestigious under Walter Payton. And then Emmett Smith passed it. I remember that being a very big deal. You know, when it, ta- when it comes to all-time goals in the NHL, we know, we know that Alexander Ovechkin is trying to chase down Wayne Gretzky, so that might be the next big one on the horizon. Uh, majors, Tiger Woods versus Jack Nicholas. Where does this rank, though? Where, I think where does it's, this rank? it's right this... up there with all of those, right? Because Do you think so? Yeah, because I think what we talk about when we talk about these sort of records is how long they have stood the test of time. And then also when you think it'll be get broken again, like if you go on a run, like in baseball where you're wondering, are people going to compete for this record over and over and over again, things got complicated with steroids and everything else in that sport. But with the NBA, the fact that it has stood in a three point shooting era, which this plays into this, because don't forget Kareem wasn't out there shooting all the threes fine. But the fact that this has stood this long with the changes that we've seen in the game is just a huge testament to how difficult that is to do. And so the longevity of LeBron's career, this is quite literally a player who has been in the NBA since he was a teenager. And then it's still a player who is averaging, what, 30 points per... I don't have his stats in front of me, but something crazy this season alone at He's averaging 30 a night this year. Okay, so there you go. I said, I guessed 30. I was right. 30 a night at 38 years old. I mean, that portion of this has to be part of the story because that production is necessary at this age with this longevity in order to touch Kareem's record. And so although, yes, there are, of course, high clip scorers in the game today, who is going to have the length of career that LeBron has had playing at the level that he's still able to play for and be able to get close to this thing in, in, in addition to all the basketball components that go into this as well? All right, so where are you? And again, I'm not going to get into the debate. I'm just curious on the LeBron, Michael it's, Jordan it's, argument. It's, where are you? It's, I, I mean, listen, I, I've never, it, it makes it more difficult. I think a little bit more difficult to argue that LeBron's resume is not as impressive. Well, hold, hold on though. Just where, where, where are you? Where are you on it? I, 
You're really making me choose? I mean, here's the well, problem. Yeah, that's kind of like part of like 90% of what this job is. Here's it's what I think. LeBron I think debate. LeBron and MJ, I think the conversation from LeBron and MJ comes down to nostalgia. I really genuinely do. I think it depends who you grew up watching. What I think that's going to be the answer. On? I grew up, I have a, both, but in front of me right now, a huge picture of Michael Jordan with all of his rings on his hands in front of me, and I have a huge picture of LeBron James Oh my God, such a lawyer. Me. I am such a lawyer. I am on? talking around it. LeBron James is the greatest player of his generation. I don't have a huge problem saying Michael Jordan's the greatest player of all time, but I do okay, think- Okay, okay, that's good. No, I no, no, do that's fine. Think, I do think that the conversation is getting more difficult because I have a hard time. I used to always just say Michael, except for I, but I also grew up watching Michael as a kid, right? But I have a hard time now. Like I have a hard time, Joe, arguing that 10 finals appearances is somehow less impressive than, than winning the ones that you were in. in six, okay. Right? So like, help I me with this. That's stupid. Help me with this. And this is not me trying to trip you up because I think there are a lot of people that are like this. You have LeBron over, over James or you have Michael over LeBron. Uh, that's fine. Kind Not of. arguing it. This doesn't. All, this doesn't help. This doesn't help. You also just said though at the beginning of this segment that this is a huge, right. huge accomplishment. Right. So he eclipses this mark, a monster accomplishment, and he doesn't eclipse Jordan. Jordan never got here. Right. He eclipses Kareem. Right. And you are still not necessarily in the Michael so that's Jordan what I'm camp. saying. Like this, this accomplishment, whether it comes tonight or whether it comes Thursday night against Kareem's old team, this accomplishment. To me, I like I have to I genuinely have to do some soul searching on that because right, but you're still I could give an see answer. it putting him above Michael Jordan. Well, that's that's what I'm trying to get at, because if this is a big deal and I, I believe it's a, it's a huge deal. This is a huge deal for the NBA. This is an even bigger deal for LeBron James, not just for his legacy. Just forget about the sports radio debate for a second for him and everything he's accomplished. This is a monumental achievement that deserves nothing but applause. All right, forget about all the arguments in the place in history. This is incredible to achieve this. It is going to be a historic night. You're going to want to watch it and you're going to remember what you were doing. How many people out there, and this is what I'm curious, are in the Michael Jordan camp, are going to watch this record go down and still be in the Michael Jordan camp? I think, Meaning that I think, this doesn't even affect it. I think most. And I think most because again, I think, I think almost that, all. I think, I, I think that, what it comes down to with that argument is how old are you? I genuinely do. Like, I think that th that all, those of us out here that have argued, and I'm not super passionate about it because of this, but I think a lot of people that are so impassioned, you know, Jordan's the best we've ever seen. It's, they sound older. Like they, they sound, they sound older. Sorry. That was our generation. Like I'm putting myself in that class, but it's just true. Like we're the ones that grew up watching him as kids. And that matters because you always think that the athletes you grew up watching were the greatest athletes ever. And you see it when you hear, you know, Chris Russo talk about the athletes that he enjoyed watching or Wilbon talk about the athletes that he enjoyed watching. Right. And they'll go the generation before a Michael Jordan and it's because it's where you were when you were a kid for whatever reason in your mind when athletes were bigger than anything right when they were larger than any sort of life when you just didn't have the same perspective on life generally because you were a child then I think that plays into this so said athlete whoever you choose when you were a child you just never ever change your mind on it there's an exception to that though it's when you blow the guy out in terms of championships because none of the Montana guys stick up for Montana against Brady anymore. That's over. I mean, That's I tried so to formulate some over. crazy argument on this show. The Montana <laughs> guys even realize that when they look in the mirror, there's no sense in making the case. Brady has completely blown past them. And that's ultimately the only thing that will swing the Jordan people to LeBron 
is the championships. That's what it always comes down no, to. No, but, but the, can, they'll be like, oh, LeBron played in 15 NBA finals and he only won six. Like, that's look, what it looks like. Montana was four for four. He was four for four. Brady, once you soar past the total wins, people will move on. They'll, Although Francesa was on first take arguing that Montana was the better quarterback because he was four for four. So even then, it still somehow happens. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Six points. That's all LeBron James needs to pass Kareem's scoring record. Joe and Amber, Joe Fortenbaugh, Amber Wilson hanging out with you. You can find him on social media at Joe Fortenbaugh. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. Here's LeBron James, the Lakers forward, with Michael Wilbon the other day. Never said I wanted to lead the league in scoring or for sure never said I wanted to be the all-time leader in scoring. I've never, that's never been like a dream of mine and to sit here and actually be on the brink of it happening. This is pretty, it's pretty crazy. For me to be in the company with such a a prominent, dominant force like Kareem was, it's an honor. You've probably imagined it a million times now lately anyway. What, what's the, what does it look like when you put it through the basket to break, to pass Kareem? I don't want to do it on a free throw. So hopefully I can get a nice layup or or my signature dunk in transition, or a fadeaway, you know. I don't know, but a free throw feel like it's cheating the process. If he's got 35 points and he has to go to the line, sounds like he's about to be throwing them away from the basket so that he doesn't do it, do it on a free throw. But he could do it tonight against the Oklahoma City Thunder. He could do it Thursday night against the Bucks. It feels like it's coming this week. And joke, I mean, Super Bowl week? Is that kind of sad for LeBron that he's having to share this with the Super Bowl? No, just do it when you have the opportunity. Do it. If you if, like, if the game bummed, was going to be on Sunday. Super Bowl week, you know? If, if the game was going to be on Sunday or Monday, then I'm probably doing a little load management. But right. at this point, no. I mean, what's the dominant story of the Super Bowl this week, right? It's two teams with no drama. We're talking about basic X's and O's as we work our way through. So I think it's an excellent week to go ahead and slide this thing through. An excellent week. Well, there you go. It seems like he's going to get it done. So when he gets it done, then the question is going to be, does this change the legacy conversation around LeBron James? Joe and Amber is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. The phone line has been lighting up to that regard. So let's go ahead and hit some of those phone calls. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. That's the number. That's where Roy is. Roy is in a truck. Roy, thanks for the call. What do you have for us? Okay. Hey, Amber. Hey, Joe. Listen, this is, to me, it's not fair. Because when Kareem was playing, they only had two-point shots. Now, if y'all want to be fair... Every three-point shot that LeBron took, you got to take a you got to take one of them points away. Fair is just fair. They did not have three points back when back when um, Kareem was playing. Thanks for the call, Roy. I did mention that Joe earlier because yes, Kareem only was doing it with two-point shots. However, I guess the counter argument to that would be the caliber of athlete Kareem was doing it against in the '80s, maybe a little bit different than what's happening on the court. In 2023. I can't go that into the weeds. We had a very specific conversation. Does breaking the record change the perspective of LeBron versus Kareem? And in classic sports radio fashion, the first call is about how the record doesn't count because Kareem is being cheated. Rules change. It doesn't make it right. 
comparing Kareem to everyone else. It doesn't make it wrong. I understand that uh, all the Roger Maris defenders out there didn't get as many games or got more games than the Babe Ruth defenders. And then it was a different era with a juice ball. We get it. There is nothing we can do about it. All we can do is argue and fight till the death over whether or not it is LeBron or MJ. We but it's please the, it's, let us stay on task. It is the closest we can get to the comparison if you're talking about actual record breaking. The problem with the LeBron MJ conversation is he ain't breaking MJ's record. If he was breaking MJ's record, frankly, that conversation might be much more cut and dry than it actually is. Rich is in Rhode Island. Rich, thanks for the call. What do you have for us? Hey, Amber, Joe, how's it going? Hey, um, yeah, I agree, I agree with you guys. Um, I don't think it's really going to tarnish uh, MJ's legacy at all. Um, Brian, Brian and him are playing two different eras. And the other concern I had is if they, if Brian was playing back, back in the MJ days, there's no way he would have had the uh, sustainability to play this long in the NBA. Um, he'd be hacked to death, and they would have well, he would have been out of there in 10 years at, at the most. Um, so I don't see him even being able to compete with those guys back then. Gosh, see, I mean, I, I have such disagree. a different view on if you LeBron put LeBron back train. in the 90s. Yeah, LeBron's I mean, look a at LeBron's train. body. Guys were playing center at his height yes, back then. His, quite literally, he didn't exist as a player back then. Like, he would have he come in there, and they would have thought he was like a super freak robot with what he can do with the ball handling. At that I mean, size. It's like defensive ends in the NFL now. If you go back 30, 40 years ago, like, yeah, they were incredible athletes. Don't get me wrong, but look at the guys now. They run four fours. Like, Crazy. these are guys that are just freakish. It doesn't mean the – it doesn't take away from the older generation, but I think if you take LeBron and you put him back then, remember, a lot of those guys – they weren't really taking care of themselves the right way on a exactly. nightly basis. I'm not going to allude to certain things that were going on, but the manner in which these guys take care of their bodies from a food and drink perspective versus the parting that went on back then, like a lot of guys washed out because they took terrible care of themselves. James takes incredible care of himself. The rumor is what? He spends seven a figures million. a year yeah. on, his, on his health, on his physical on his body. upkeep. That's yeah, incredible to me. So and he it, would have absolutely have been able to play back then. Those guys would not have run him out of the league. And the technology has advanced. And the understanding, right, of the science behind athleticism, all of that has advanced. The training, all of it has advanced. But quite literally, there weren't players that were like him back then. So this idea that he couldn't be dropped in back then, I mean, the conversation is more like, could MJ be dropped in today and be as great as he was? Careful, like, young lady. He would have like, been fine in this day and age too. Careful. Well, and also not a fair conversation because if you dropped him in today, he also would have access to all the stuff LeBron has access to. For example, in terms of that million-dollar upkeep of his body, right? So he'd have all those advantages as well. Let's take another call here. Jason is in Kentucky. Jason, thanks for the call. What do you have for us? Um, a two-pronged statement here. First of all, the scoring record for LeBron is nothing but a marvel of, like, long-term excellence. As it goes to the greatest in a sport, I think it's kind of an oddity that Tom Brady retires and LeBron's about to hit this mark at roughly the same time. And it, it makes me think, as I hear people, even on ESPN, talk about how they would still take Montana over Brady. And then we talk about Jordan versus James. And I wonder if we put maybe too much on they always never – they never lost. They always won when the stakes were the highest. Or if maybe that's the way it should be measured. I don't know. But it seems to me the same argument could be made on both fronts. 
Well, yeah, I mean, I think that that's the point, right? Because some people have it as greatness, but more greatness in a smaller snippet is more impressive to them than greatness spread out over a bunch of decades. Like, that is the Joe Montana, Tom Brady argument, which, like Joe said, you said it earlier, right? Falls a little short. Today. I mean, Montana was incredible, but at the same time, he also had the greatest receiver of all time and in the eyes of many, the greatest coach of all time. So it was a great situation to be in. Now, Brady also had great coaching and great talent around him. Brady just did it at such a high level for so long. And remember, the thing for Brady, he had to go through Peyton Manning almost every year in the first stage of his career. Peyton Manning's, what, top five QB? And every year he had to get past him in the playoffs and then go on to win the Super Bowl. That's a tough hill to climb. A lot of these guys in sports, they get measured by their competition. Who were you able to get past? Who were the guys? I love always hearing Greg Maddox talk about Tony Gwynn because Tony Gwynn's the greatest hitter of all time. And Greg Maddox is one of, if not the greatest pitchers of all time. And to sit there and have Maddox talk about how difficult it was to get Tony Gwynn out is such a fascinating story to hear. Just absolutely fascinating. Those are two guys at the highest possible level of their sport going toe-to-toe, and one of them just sitting there talking about how he couldn't get past him. He couldn't figure him out. He was just that good. That's game-recognizing game. And that's one of the things with LeBron that ultimately hurts him in the Jordan conversation because he had the greatest foe he could have ever asked for on the other side of the court, the Golden State Warriors. And they took him out year after year after year. He got one, and that's huge. But the fact that they owned him throughout that process, that hurts knowing that there was another team that found a way to be better than you year in and year out. Terrence is in Georgia. Terrence, what do you have for us tonight? Uh. We measure greatness by how many championships we win. In my eyes, Bill Russell is the greatest of all time. Him and Yogi Berra have 10 and 11 championship rings, respectively. How Michael Jordan compares, uh, gets to be the greatest basketball player of all time is beyond me. Yeah, he was good, but not the greatest, because Bill Russell did it 11 out of 13 years. And no one, no one even recognizes that. I mean, I and I remember we talked a lot about that with the passing of Bill Russell. But Joe, he has a point when it comes to just ring count. If we're ring counting, then it ain't even Michael Jordan. See, the thing is with Tom Brady, the reason that Brady puts to bed the Joe Montana argument so effectively is because Brady has been to more Super Bowls than any other player in NFL history. Not any other quarterback, any other player in NFL history, I believe, right? And he has more rings than anybody. And, of course, you're talking multiple rings past that Joe Montana guy. So it's an easier argument to be had. I mean, Russell averaged 15 and 22. 22 rebounds a game. Uh, He didn't record 22 rebounds for his career. He averaged 22 rebounds per game for his career with another four assists to boot on top. He's got numbers, and he's definitely got the rings. I don't know why Bill Russell gets lost in the shuffle. I really don't. I I don't know if the duration was enough. I think Because we're we're talking 50s and 60s. That's why. Well, I mean, yeah. And that's probably why Wilk gets lost in the shuffle because he put up huge numbers as well, and it was so long ago, there aren't enough people around to defend him. Maybe that's the sad reality of it. Because time is eventually going to be on James' side. You go 20 years down the road, the Jordan defenders aren't going to be as loud. And someone's going to rise up to challenge LeBron, and you're going to have more LeBron defenders out there saying he's the greatest of all time, and it's going to be LeBron versus whoever the upstart is that's challenging him, just like we're about 10 years away from the Brady versus Mahomes conversation. 
I 100 100% agree with you and 100% believe that that is exactly where we are eventually heading to. You can give us a call, 888-SAY-ESPN. We always appreciate you joining the conversation here on Joe and Amber Plus. Coming up next, Kyrie has had his introductory press conference earlier today. He said he was disrespected by the Nets. We'll get into that. This is ESPN Radio. Joe and Amber, the podcast. We'll get back to the LeBron conversation, and inevitably the LeBron conversation always becomes a LeBron and MJ conversation somehow, someway on sports radio, even if we mean to avoid it. So we will get back to that discussion later in the show. LeBron is going after Kareem's scoring title tonight. Coverage of that game, the Lakers against Oklahoma City, will begin at 9.30 p.m. Eastern. You get an extra 30 minutes of Joe and Amber tonight. We are taking you up until that game coverage, until 9.30 p.m. Eastern tonight. But let's talk about another story in the NBA and that of course is Kyrie Irving Joe he is now a Dallas Mavericks guard and he had his introductory press conference today where he said some interesting things about his time in Brooklyn including that he felt disrespected by the Brooklyn Nets in the seat today I just know I want to be places where I'm celebrated uh, and not just tolerated or, or you know, kind of dealt with in a way that doesn't make me feel respected. Um, and there were times throughout this process when I was in Brooklyn where I felt very disrespected and my talent uh, worked extremely hard at what I do. No one ever talks about my work ethic, though. Everyone talks about what I'm doing off the floor. So Kyrie felt disrespected by the Nets. Kyrie, why? Why did you feel disrespected by Brooklyn? Somebody asked him. I think that's another uh, day where I could really go into detail about it. I, I'm not the person to really speak on names and go to someone behind their back and, and try to leak stuff to the media. That's never been me. Um, now, I've been an audience member of watching people say things about me that ultimately just fall off my shoulder. I'm really uh, in a place that I, I'm grateful that I got to grow, I got to grow into uh, over the last year and a half, two years. Uh, spending time away from the, back, the basketball court gave me time to really appreciate life in a new way. Um, I just know I need healthy boundaries, especially in this entertainment business. There's a lot of disrespect that goes on with people's families, with their names, and I, I'm just not with it. Uh, so it's not personal against any of those guys against in the front, front office. It's just what I'm willing to accept. And I took a chance, and luckily, unfortunately, the Dallas Mavericks picked me up. So just all of what I can control. Okay, that was a lot of talking by Kyrie. And all I heard, Joe, was uh, they didn't want to pay me. That's quite literally all I heard. They didn't want to pay me when I wanted to be paid. It's incredible how true this guy stays to himself. And I, I got to give him credit for that because in most scenarios, and I'm not saying it's right, I'm just saying in most scenarios, when a player who is disgruntled and wants out gets out, there's been a lot of drama around the circumstances. He lands with a new team. Normally, the introductory press conference is a very, look, my time there was my time there. I'm moving on. I'm happy for a fresh start. It's just very simple, vanilla commentary that makes everyone in Dallas feel comfortable about the trade. Not Irving. Irving has no problem getting in the comments about things he deleted from his Instagram. And even though he deleted them, he still stands by him. Well, that's kind of contrary to standing by something. If you delete it, you're literally not standing by it. But a story for another day. And yet he takes all this on and brings all the baggage right to the introductory press conference for everyone in Dallas to see. I give him credit. It's not like he's ever going to run from who he is. He is who he is. And it is on you to understand that when you get into the Kyrie Irving business, 
This is what comes with the Kyrie Irving business. A very talented player who brings a lot more than talent to the table. I was just fascinated because I'm such an idiot for thinking this would have gone a different way. I thought it would have been a nice, plain, vanilla press conference, and it was anything but. Of course, because you're not going to get vanilla from Kyrie Irving. You're absolutely right. And it's so funny because if I'm a Dallas Mavericks fan, I probably have never wanted vanilla so bad, right, than that press conference because what, what they're all nervous about is that Kyrie is going to go full Kyrie. And Kyrie never is happy anywhere. He always ends up feeling disrespected in some way or the situation isn't good enough for him. You know, he was going to be a Boston Celtic for life, and we see how that goes. And then the Brooklyn Nets, and he helps essentially choose a coach, but he doesn't need a coach. And then he runs that coach out of town. And then now he's bouncing on the team during a year where you could argue that maybe they would have been a championship contender when things finally started feeling like it was going right. And the reality of all of that through all of the turmoil, they're taking leave from the team and none of us really knowing why. And there being the reports of him at parties on social media. And then the stuff you mentioned with the anti-Semitic stuff and everything else that happened during his tenure in Brooklyn through all of that. What I feel like all of it boils down to frankly is just that Kyrie is upset that the Nets wouldn't hand him the extension when he wanted the extension but didn't it seems they like him, didn't they want to do that last year and he turned him down no they it's would not hand shot. it to him last no they would not hand it to him last year either last year he was trying to get the extension from them and they said no because oh by the way you hardly play for us and you put us through all this mess so let's clean things up they called his bluff he said I'm gonna leave I'm gonna go to the Lakers that's when all the flirting started with the Lakers don't forget they said, sure, cool, opt out of $30 million and go ahead and do that because he would have opted out of 30 mil, roughly. I don't have it in front of me. He would have gotten, gotten something like $6 million from the Lakers on a vet min, right? So they called his bluff, the Nets did, and good for them because he was bluffing. Of course, he opted into the money because at the end of the day, no matter how principled these guys are, they want to get paid. So he opts into the money, and he starts the season. Things are actually going smoothly, and you feel like, okay, Things are actually good here. They're on a good path. Things are quiet. And then he wants the extension again. And the Nets say, no, why don't you actually get to through a postseason and we'll see how it goes first. And it seems like that is really where he felt disrespect. I mean, no, he did turn down. I'm looking it up right now. He says he turned down an extension in the neighborhood of $100 million because he didn't want to get the vaccine uh, against COVID-19. He said it during the Nets media day on Monday, and this was back at uh, September 27, 2022. So there was an opportunity there to do an extension. He didn't want to. Obviously, there was the vaccination situation. That's fine. But then later down the line, he decides he wants an extension. Right. They don't want to give it to him. They don't want to give it to him. By that changes time. in the wind. It changes in the wind at every single turn. So good luck to Dallas. It's going to be fascinating to watch once again. I, I, I think we all are, have a pretty similar prediction as to how it's going to pan out. But between now and when we get there, it's going to be fascinating television. I mean, who knows? He's in a contract year. So maybe he actually will be on his best behavior. You never know. All right, let's try to earn you some money here. Pizza money number two. Let's do it. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. This one's coming up in about 13 minutes to the ice we go. It's the Vegas Golden Knights at the Nashville Predators. Little player prop for you. 
Jack Eichel of the Vegas Golden Knights going over three and a half shots on goal. Little candy here, plus 125. So a $100 bet would return 125 in profit. Eichel's averaging about 3.6 shots on goal per game. So this is right on his average. But he is a great matchup against a Nashville team that's giving up over 34 shots on goal per game, which is fourth most in the NHL. The plus 125 candy makes this absolutely worth a wager pizza money number two jack eichel over three and a half shots on goal we're on a pizza money roll so hopefully that magic lasts tonight as well joe and amber is presented to you by progressive insurance coming up next this nfl quarterback says that he's going to on a darkness retreat guess who guess who? coming up wednesday we'll be joined by my former coach the legend coach k at 9 a.m eastern to talk all things hoops and what's next for kyrie irving Keyshawn j will and max wednesday 6 a.m eastern on espn radio e2 and espnu joe and amber the podcast